This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and part two of our Jeremy Carver discussion, which is part of our epic supernatural discussion. Um, and in this one, we will be discussing seasons 10 and 11. Returning, we have Jill, Judy, Meg, and Paula to discuss this. So this probably won't be as long as the first part, but who knows? Okay, so let's get into season 10 of Supernatural, which starts, of course, with the Demon Dean storyline, because last we saw Dean, he had turned into a demon. So, Jill, what are your overall thoughts about the Demon Dean storyline? Uh, I love the Demon Dean storyline. Um, he's even more snarky than usual. Uh, I kind of loved the Crowley Dean buddy pick that quickly fell apart. Uh, I love Dean's just doesn't care. Up doing karaoke, doesn't care. <laughs> kind of surprised it wasn't harder on him than it was. I mean, we kind of got out of it kind of quickly and into trying to save him. Um, I did like it. And we kind of touched on it in the you know the previous season about how he kind of got cruel. He kind of lost the humanity. You know, his one night stand with the waitress. You know, he's he's very cruel to her. Um, so it's probably good it didn't go on. I think if it went on much longer, we probably would have got tired of it. Uh, I think maybe it was the proper length. Because I also, I always want Sam and Dean back together. Whenever we're, we're apart and we're, there's, there's some kind of conflict, I, I do want them back together. So while it was fun, it probably was the right length. Um, so many great scenes in there. Like I said, the karaoke was fun. Um, any of the scenes with Crowley and and Demon is is fun. Uh, the two of them together just make me laugh. They're just a great pairing. It's kind of like a buddy comedy. Uh, so yeah, I'm I was kind of a, I'm a fan of Demon Dean storyline. Judy, definitely a fan of the Demon Dean storyline. However, um, one I think it could have gone on maybe a little bit longer. Like just, just two episodes just wasn't quite enough. Um, fan of the angst, <laughs> you know, give us some angst. Um, but also I felt like it maybe could have been darker. Um, you know, growing your hair out and singing bad karaoke isn't quite what I expected from a demon. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, I get, yeah, he was also like, you know, violent and being fed fed demons to kill and whatnot but uh yeah i just i feel like it could have gone darker and and given us some amazing uh scenes and amazing stories 
and given um, Jensen some wow, <laughs> you know what what Jensen could have done with Dark Demon Dean. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was it was a cool next step that came after the mark, a very logical next step that came after the mark. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I definitely liked the demon Dean. Jill, you wanted to add something? Yeah, you are right that it, the, the it wasn't as, like when I said before that, you know, with the finale, it, it was the one that made me gasp. Like, oh, he's a demon. When we got there, it was kind of like, oh, <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> he's kind of, he's kind of having fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I felt like he was much scarier when he first came out of hell, you know, way back in season four. And he talked about torturing people and liking it. And, like, that's right. what you picture from a demon, you know. Yeah, so the, the, the stakes weren't as high as maybe we thought when his his eyes first went black. Yeah, yeah. And Meg? Uh, yeah, I absolutely love uh demon dean i would have loved to see more of it the summer of love with crowley um was fantastic i absolutely adore that see again i keep saying adore anyway um (laughs) i i have this headcanon though about the karaoke because we see obviously in season 15 dean can sing like Dean's a good singer, and I have this headcanon that he's singing bad karaoke because he's a demon, and that's a form of torturing everybody in the bar. And it's like, and like he's purposely singing badly um, to torment people, and that's like that's my my demon Dean headcanon. I think I understand what you talk about with wanting to go, wishing it went darker and stuff like that, but. Dean still has to live with himself when he's through with this. And we have to be able to live with Dean. And I think going too far would become irredeemable, both to himself and for us, Um, which I think is part of why they didn't have it going on nearly as long. I absolutely loved his... the zero fucks he gave about everything. Um, He was scary, I think in some points, I think his, his, I mean, when he was beating up uh, Cole, it's the only Colt or Cole, I can't remember. It's the only uh, scene with that character that I don't fast forward through is when Dean's Dude, beating I the shit out of him. To beat up Cole over and over and over. Constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's the only scene I don't fast forward with Cole. Or Colton, or I, I don't know. I can't remember his name. He sucks. Um, but he's beating him up and he's mocking him. Like, and and I love that scene where like this is this this man has been his whole life has been about this revenge moment. Like his whole life has been building up to this, and he's trained and he's ready and da da da. And Dean's just making like quoting Princess Bride at him. And you know, when he was just like he said, You're gonna shoot my brother in the head. Did you miss? And it's just like Demon Dean with the snark and the dark sense of humor and the and on like unabashed sexiness that is Demon Dean. Um I think is 100% like that's what makes him 
so attractive as that character. If he was just sitting there hanging out and like torturing people, it was one thing when he was in hell and he had been tortured for decades to get off the rack to end the pain. Um, I think if we actually saw Dean torturing people and and going that dark, I don't think it's something that he probably could have come back from. Um, I will take him beating the shit out of a character played by a shitty person, an actor, um, all the time, happily. And, and, and the snark. I loved when he was being cured by Sam. Um, I think that showed a lot of that darkness and cruelty. Um, chasing Sam around with a hammer. And also, of course, Cass, again, coming to rescue his righteous man from himself from doing something that Dean could never forgive himself for. And now I'm going to stop because other people want to talk, I'm sure. And I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Paula. Demon Dean just would have been so much fun to hang out with. (laughs) He, he, he just, yeah, he just, he didn't care. I, I totally agree on the karaoke. He was doing it on purpose just to mess with people because he could and but i i think there was a little bit of of real dean peeking through in a couple instances where he he was beating the crap out of the 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 girl that he was sleeping with the ex-boyfriend and when he was going after uh what was his name lyle he was supposed to kill the the wife and he killed lyle instead those to me were just little peaks of of real dean peeking through and i gotta say though there was one uh when sam finally catches him and they're in the impala and sam's looking around the car going the car is such a mess and sam and and dean just says it's just a car you could hear the whole fandom go what at the same time you just you could just hear it (laughs) it was such a shocking moment because we know how much dean loves that car but yeah we we could have we could have done with a little more demon dean i think um I know they were coming up on the, the 300th episode and that was one of the reasons why we didn't get him longer, but it would have been, it would have been nice to see. It would have been nice to see a little bit more of that. Cause it, it was just so much fun. So much fun. Oh my God. I love demon Dean so much. Um, what I love about demon Dean, and this is why I'm fine with it, that they didn't make him darker is this was the first time you really got to see Dean completely free of all that guilt, completely free of all that self-loathing, completely free of feeling like he has to be Sammy's caretaker, completely free of the codependency. He was just free. I mean, just completely free. Um, And it was so nice to see that, which I know it may seem like, oh, you shouldn't want to have Demon Dean around. But I just loved it because it was so nice to have Dean get a little bit of a break there. And I think with Mark of Cain, it's totally different because that is, there's so much deep seated rage in that character. Whereas opposed with demon Dean, it's not like that. He's just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want to. I don't care. I'm going to have fun. Um, I don't care what anybody says. Um, But there is, you know, there is a little bit of some darkness in there. The whole scene when he's chasing Sam with the hammer. And I know some people laughed because he chose a hammer. I thought that was the perfect weapon to choose. I think that's more terrifying. 
Um, and I have this weird thing where hammers actually scare me personally. So too many horror movies as a kid. So I just, so I don't know. So I, I found that really, really good and fascinating. And I love the color design of that when everything, when everything's flashing red. And of course the red that he wears and which came to be known as the murder shirt. <laughs> he wears that red shirt. But I just, I loved Demon Dean so much. And I thought Jensen did a great job. You could tell he was having fun. I think he's even disappointed it didn't go on longer. And um, totally what you said, Paula, the reason it didn't is because they had to do the fan fiction episode. And as much as I like that episode, I would give up that episode to have a couple more episodes of Demon Dean, frankly. And the werewolf episode that followed right after Dean was cured was so stupid. So (laughs) just to even give up that episode would have been fine. So I thought we were really robbed completely robbed i know every dean girl i know is still pissed and bitter about it to this day um (laughs) including me because he was so great and wonderful and it was so amazing and awesome to see and i loved just how he didn't have a care in the world and i loved it when he killed lester that was so awesome because lester was such a scumbag and (laughs) it was just kind of like yeah kill him that's fine kill him and of course beating up cole was awesome because of the actor Um, And the whole scene was just cool and the way it was shot and done. And I just loved it, loved everything about that. Um, And the the one thing, though, that I will say, um, and this is how you could really tell it wasn't Dean. And we've talked about the cruelty with Mark of Cain, Dean, um, his the way he was with women. I know a lot of people put Dean down and say Dean is a slut and he doesn't really he's misogynistic and he doesn't care about women. I think that's total BS, honestly. Just because he sleeps with a lot of women doesn't mean he doesn't care about women. And when he treats that stripper, when he says, pick it up to her, when he drops that money, he would, the real Dean would never treat a stripper that way. He treats women that are in that industry, honestly, I think for the most part with the utmost respect. Um, So that's when you could really tell it wasn't Dean because real Dean would never, ever, ever, ever do that to a stripper. So, yeah, that scene was – and I've read lots of fanfic around that scene. <laughs> yeah, lots of lots of fanfic I've read with Demon Dean that's very, very dark and could be very, very triggering. But, yeah, he's, he's awesome. Paula? Yeah, they've shown in the past that Dean – is respectful of women. I I can't remember. I think it was Hammer of the Gods where they were in the hotel and he saw a woman that he wanted to get to know better. And she's like, no. And he's like, okay. And he walked away. Didn't try to force it. Didn't try to pursue it. Just said, okay. And walked away. And they've shown that other times as well. So I don't, I don't believe at all that, that he doesn't treat women well. I, you know, of course he did when he was a demon because you know, he just did what he wanted, didn't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, he's not a cruel, Dean is not a cruel, misogynistic ass. And you can see that in the love scenes. When you watch love scenes with Dean and women, as opposed to Sam and women, total stark difference there. Um, You know, and I'm not saying Sam is misogynistic or anything like that, but there's just, there's a different power dynamic in the love scenes that you see. So yeah. So that's why, so that's how you really knew to me was that scene more than anything, honestly, was him telling the stripper to just pick up the money and the way he does it is so cold. And he's just treating her like she's an object that like 
unfortunately, most people do treat women who are in the sex industry like that. So, yeah. Okay, well, even though I would love to just spend the whole episode talking about Demon Dean, um, let's move on to a character that was introduced in this episode, Rowena. Um, what are your thoughts on Rowena, Jill? How could you not love Rowena? Uh, I loved her when she was bad. I loved her when she kind of came around and became part of the team. Um, I loved her when she's manipulating Crowley. Um, I love her when she's manipulating the boys. <laughs> I just everything about her, I just love. I think the moment she came on screen, I was a fan, and she's powerful. I don't know that they ever, even though they, they, the boys caught her many times and stopped her from doing things, I don't know that they ever really got the upper hand on her. She was always in control. She always had a, a plan. You know, if this, if this plan didn't work, she had a backup plan. Uh, you know, even when they've got her, you know, locked down with the book of the dam and have her set that, you know, we are in control of you. In the end, she's in control of them. She she walks off with that book like like it's nothing. Um, she, a fabulous character. Um, acted amazingly well. To think that this this witch that popped in was then going to become a beloved character that stuck around for season after season and then was going to help save the world. Who would have thought it, you know? Um, one of my favorite characters and I'm so glad they kept her around and she didn't become a character that they, you know, killed off after a couple episodes when they were done with her storyline. I'm glad they kept her around. And I, and I love that, you know, the King of hell has a mother who would have thought that that was just, that just kind of, when, I, when that came up, it was kind of like, what the, <laughs> I, I love it. And I love that she, you know, we have a story about deadbeat dads. She had a deadbeat mom. <laughs> That left Crowley. So, you know, everybody's got daddy issues, but Crowley's got mommy issues. Yep. Yep. Judy. Yeah, it's funny. We talk about how um, Crowley, how smart he is and how he's always two steps ahead of everybody and and cunning and whatnot. Now we know where he gets it. And I completely agree with everything you said, Jill. I just love Rowena. Um, I think, I think in those early seasons, the supernatural was not good at creating and keeping female characters. Um, and that changed with Charlie and I know we will get to the Charlie rage here in a moment. Um, <laughs> it changed with Charlie. Thank you, Robbie Thompson and Rowena. Um, and, you and know, Abaddon. And Abaddon. Well, Abaddon only lasted a season, and they killed her. But she was strong. She strong was strong, character. and yeah, yeah. But I mean, even some of the earlier ones that they killed off were strong. You know, Ellen and Joe and and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, Rowena was her. She had her own agency. She had her own story that literally had nothing to do with the Winchesters, other than tangentially through through Crowley, um. Yeah, I, I just love her and, you know, the longest living, longest running female character on the show. And she is beloved for a reason. Yeah, Meg. Yeah, Rowena is, I 
Ruin is one of my favorite characters of the show, I think. I love to watch her arc. I love that this witch, um, if she had not decided to team up with the Winchesters, she would have absolutely decimated them because they could not beat her. No matter what. They may have they may have won a battle or two, but they never would have won that war with her because she is so smart. She is so I can't even I can't even think of the word because a manipulative is there too, but she's just she just runs circles around them all the time. She's playing chess while they're playing checkers. I love that her sacrifice her sacrifice was just this beautiful thing that she did and of course she goes and she dies and goes to hell and then she takes over and and I and I absolutely love that I love that she has really endeared herself to the fans she endeared herself to the boys I know I have a little bit I have a little bit of a shipper heart for her and Sam just a, a little bit um and I just I think I think Roro is such a great addition to the show. I think that she she just added so much. And my only regret about her is that we didn't get introduced to her sooner. Because I think we deserved we deserve so much more than a lot I think a lot of us have gotten from the show. But Rowena is just an absolute gem. And I and I love her and yeah I Judy and Jill said it pretty well so <laughs> Paula I also loved the relationship that she ended up having with Sam um, because of their shared experiences at the hands of Lucifer um, that was a really interesting um arc to see and and her her overall story arc was just amazing i mean she started out she wanted to take over hell and she ended up getting it but she didn't have to go down a bad path to get it she ended up you know helping and sacrificing herself and and she still ended up winning and like you said she you know there was no way they were ever going to be able to beat her but they ended up getting her on their side and that turned out the best for all of them and it was she's just such a great character Yeah, yeah, and she's a character that grew on me because I liked her in season 10, but I wasn't as in love with her as I became later on. Um, I was just kind of like, okay, hmm, this is interesting. This is interesting. But I was so invested in um, the Mark of Cain and that whole storyline that Rowena wasn't as top of mind until later on in season 10 and then later on in the other seasons. Um I'm really glad that she lasted as long as she did. And I'm glad that she became a queen of hell because that's what I always wanted her to do. Um, The second Crowley died, I wanted her to take over. Um, And she's, and Ruth is just, Ruth is just such a, such a sweetheart. And you can tell she has so much fun playing that character. Um, and she's just so beautiful to watch and, uh, and, you know, I was just watching, um, regarding Dean from season 12 
And I love her in that episode. Her whole scene with Dean when she's basically confessing all this stuff to Dean and some regrets regrets she has, you know. And Dean's like, why are you telling me this? And she's like, because you'll never remember. I've told you this. It's just so sweet. And the way that she just bops him on the nose. And it's just such a great little scene and a little bit of some vulnerability that you see there. Even though she knows, you know, he's not going to remember this, you still see a little bit of that vulnerability. And you would see that as the seasons went on with her is you would see she she never, ever be, stopped being someone that you may not trust all the time. She always had that edge to her. But she also had a little bit of sweetness in there that kind of would seep out every once in a while, which was really interesting to watch with her. Um, but yeah, she's, she's just awesome. And I just, I love Ruth. I just want to say it again. Cause I just, I love her so, so much. She's just, oh, I just want to give her a hug. She's, oh, I just love her. Jill, you wanted to add something? Yeah, th- this isn't in this season, in these seasons, but, um, one of my favorite scenes with her is when she is, ke- she's by herself and she's keeping open the rift between the worlds and waiting for them to come back. And she decides, screw this. I'm out of here. And she starts to pack up and then she goes, no, I can't. And she stays. So she chooses the good side. And I love, you know, the Rowena we see in this season would never have made that choice. So I loved her character arc and how she evolved. Again, by being friends with the Winchesters, she became a better person, even if she's still a little evil. Yeah, she's she's great. And I love her final scene in season 10. I think it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, and, and as a side note, that has nothing to do with the show. R- Ruth um, connected two of my fandoms. So I'm, I'm a huge Monkees fan. It is my biggest fandom. And um, Mickey Dolan's daughter is friends with Ruth. So as soon as Ruth got on the show, all of a sudden my fandom started crossing on Twitter. I started seeing photos going every which way of both my fandoms going together. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you met her yet? Have you been able to meet her? Um, I have not. When the, the convention that she was here, um, I did not get to meet her while I was at that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if she's coming back to the one next year, but but yeah, I almost was, I was like, I should really buy a photo op with her, but I didn't do it. I almost did that, that lot, just because I just adore her. She's just, oh, I just love her. Okay. Um, well, also in season 10, we're going to move on to um, something that is going to probably be a rage-induced fest here right now. And in season 10, you had Charlie die by the um, Stein people, which... I had totally kind of even forgotten about them until I rewatched season 10. Um, but let's talk about Charlie's death. Jill, how did you feel about how that was handled? I hated the Steins. Hate, I hated that storyline. I hated them. There was nothing about that that I enjoyed. Um, and then to have them at the end kill Charlie, that was probably one of the worst deaths for me on this show. Um you know, you think that, you know, everybody dies on this show. And most of them die multiple times. But Charlie's hurt. That one was was painful. And it was unnecessary. That was probably the worst thing about it was. It was unnecessary. It didn't serve a purpose. Um, 
you know, people are dying for the greater good or they're sacrificing themselves to save somebody else. Charlie was just beat to hell for no reason. You know, um, I don't think it advanced the storyline. I don't think it helped us in any way. Um, I'm glad later years we, you know, with the alternates, you know, worlds, we got her back. Um, we didn't get the same Charlie back. But I, I think that among the bad choices over the course of 15 years, that might be um, one of the worst. Might be the worst. Judy. I, I agree. It, it, it was the worst. It was just so stupid and useless. And um, I, I can't be sure of this, but I feel like it's the reason that we lost probably the second best writer we've ever had on the show. Robbie Thompson gave us, like I said, I, I think he just, just shy of Ben Edlund. He was the best writer we've ever had on the show. Um, brilliant episode after brilliant episode. He created Charlie loved Charlie and Charlie became sort of an effigy for us. She was this smart, nerdy woman um and she almost like i said she kind of became an effigy for the for the fandom and so for them to kill her off in such a cruel way first of all this fandom is very heavily lgbt so we finally got good representation of an lgbt character and she's killed by nazis that's just unforgivable. <laughs> um, it, not only that, but it was so stupid. First, and they gave her to they gave her to Buck Lemming to kill, and that's unforgivable. <laughs> um, you know, she was Robbie's character. Robbie deserved to, you know, do whatever with her. Um, but the way that they, that that whole thing went down, she was in a safe environment protected by Cass and, and, and Rowena, you know, but, oh, girls can't get along. So she had to run away. It's so insulting to, to, to women. What do you mean women? Like that's to me, that's what it said. Like women can't get along. And I'm just, I'm still angry to this day. And I'm angry at how many, um, wonderful members of this fandom it chased away uh there's a, a a lot of people left after that and uh that was really that was really a really hard blow and, and kind almost unforgivable of what they did especially after robert singer the previous at, at san diego comic-con the previous year had said this is the one character we'll never call um, kill off because we know that the fandom loves it too much. Like, just unforgivable. Meg? Um, yeah, it was complete and utter bullshit. Um, I, I can't even watch that episode. I, I can't do it anymore. Um, she was butchered for man pain and that was it and it was 
I I can't speak a lot to the specifics of the episode because I watched it and I was like, I can never watch this again. I can't. I it was a it was devastating. Um and not just that she died, like there are very few deaths that I get really like angry about on Supernatural just because the nature of the life these people are living is dangerous. Um, but what they did to Charlie and like the seeming glee that Buck Lemming seemed to put into, to doing it and the, the relish that they seemed to have in doing this to this character was disgusting. And it's, it's not something I think I will ever forgive. I don't care that we got alternate universe Charlie back. She wasn't the same. And we got her back only to have her and her partner, get killed again. Um, and that it, it made me, it made me so angry. The only like good thing I can say about that whole situation at all is God bless that fan at Comic-Con who called them out, um, on stage in hall H and bless the boys for Jensen, Jared, Misha, and and Mark for all turning around and backing up because I think they were just as angry about that as the fans were, I think. And I think Judy's right. I think that's probably why Robbie Thompson left. Um, it was just, it was disgusting. I, I thought I'd have a lot to say, but I'm just, I, I'm so I'm still so angry. It's been five years and it still hurts so much. The fridging and, and it just it, yeah, I, I hate it. So yeah. Paula. It felt like the biggest F you to the fandom that they could have done. Against anything else that they've, you know, done wrong with, with the show. That was that was, in my opinion, just the worst thing they could have done. She was such a beloved character. It was totally unnecessary. It just, I, I, I feel the same. I, it just, it still fills me with rage even now, just to even think about it. Yeah, the, the F you to the fans is a good way to put it. And, you know, now that the show is over, I would be very, very, very curious to hear everybody speak really honestly about how they felt about certain things this show has done. Um, this is one of them. I also would love to hear Mark Shepard has kind of hinted at it, but I'd love to hear more about his thoughts about what they did to Crowley. Um, and the way his whole death scene went, cause I know he's very, very upset about it. Um, so I'd like to hear their honest, unfiltered thoughts about Charlie's death, because the thing is, is, you know, as everyone said, there was absolutely no reason for it. It made zilch sense that nobody would have gone with her. I mean, if they're going to send her away, Sam would have been like, Cass, why don't you go watch Charlie? Um, Or Sam would have gone with her. Someone would have been protecting Charlie. They wouldn't have just been like, go to this motel where you have just a little flimsy lock and, you know, you're sitting by the window where anyone can see you. And we're not going to give you any protection. It went against everything that they were about. Um, it was the worst way to have her die. If you're going to have her die, give her some kind of heroic ending, something where she has some 
say in it something where you honor the character instead of treating her like she is gum on your shoe and it's just it was just the only reason they did it was to bring about um the mark of Cain Dean again and to you know reveal the fact that Sam had been lying to Dean Sam and Cass had been lying to Dean and working on the book of the damned spell to you know get rid of the mark and that was the only reason they did it. But that is not – you didn't need to use the death to do that. There were a hundred different ways they could have easily, easily done that. Um, and so to drag Charlie into that and then to have her die like that was so disgusting and despicable and just disrespectful and just something that you can never forgive the show for. Paula? And She was smarter than that. She wouldn't have run off like that. It was such a disservice to her character. It, it just, yeah, she just, she was smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, Judy. Yeah, but you know, us emotional women can't get along with each other, and we can't put aside our bitchiness to work together. So of course she ran away. God, I'm still furious. <laughs> Yeah, Meg, you wanted to add something too? Yeah, I just, I, I wanted to kind of touch on that as far as, yeah, Charlie was absolutely smarter than that. She was also not that kind, the the idea of her and Rowena just fighting and bickering and her not being able to put set her shit aside. It just, it, it was baffling. Um, if she had to die, fine. She should have she deserves so much better of a death. Like there are characters that I'm really, really sad to see them die. I was crushed when Crowley died, but Crowley got a great death. Rowena got a great death. Charlie was dumped in a bathtub like garbage. And I, yeah, it wasn't that she died. It was the, the manner in which they killed her. And I just, I don't think I'm, I'm obviously still not over it. I don't think I will ever get over it. So, Yeah, and I think that's the way 99% of the fandom is, Judy. That's why I have so much respect for Kim, who said if they ever try to hand her a script where they kill Jody Mills like that, she's going to say, fuck it, you got to give somebody, give this to somebody else. I'm not doing it. And good for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very, 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 very true. Yeah, it was just, it was unforgivable. And really the only thing about season 10 that I hated and didn't like um, was was that. It, it tarnished a near-perfect season, and it was just disgusting um, and ridiculous. And, of course, you know, sadly, the reason she died um, was because of the Book of the Damned, which the Steins, which were just kind of thrown in that it was just, they, they were just ridiculous because they didn't go anywhere. There was no reason for them really, um, or no logical reason for them. Um, but they were of course trying to get this book of the damned, which was going to lead to a spell to get the mark off of Dean. And after Charlie died, of course, Dean went over the edge and said, um, you know, what he said to Sam about saying that Sam should be the one up there dying which I know a lot of people 
find to be the cruelest thing that Dina said. I actually, I actually cheered when he said it. I'm sorry, but I did. Um, <laughs> um, but, but it led Dean over the edge and to the finale. And I know we've already talked a little bit about this in our previous episode, but I do want to just talk about the finale of season 10, because I think there's a lot that goes on in that, um, with the brothers and with death coming back briefly and the fact that Dean has found out that they're trying to get the mark off of him and what that actually means when the mark comes off of him and that reveals. So Jill, I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, I love any, any episode with death in it. Um, he's so fantastic. Julian, um, is that right? Julian, did I get that right? (laughs) Um, um, he's fantastic. Um, I like the storyline because um, at least in the finale where Dean, Dean is told the truth. Sam doesn't know the truth. Sam is trying to make this thing happen. He's got his plan, but he does not know what Dean now knows. Um, So he doesn't know that this could be a bad thing. Uh, It's the same as any finale. We got one brother working desperately to save the other one, whether they want to be saved or not. Uh, I love the scene where we think Dean's going to kill Sam and he swings around and kills Death and said, didn't see it coming. Death didn't see it coming. Um, I, th- I think it was well played out that, you know, because they were separate. We had Dean and Death in their own storyline going on while everybody else is scrambling to make all the pieces fit together to save Dean. Uh, thought it was a very very well crafted episode and um i like what it led up to i like that you know that we've moved into another storyline that was very interesting judy yeah like i had said before um the mark of cain felt like it just went on and on and on um so i was very very happy to see it go (laughs) um but uh yeah that that gorgeous moment um where once again the 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 love between these brothers or you know between people on this show breaks through some kind of supernatural manipulation you know whether it's possession or whatever we've seen it a bunch of times and touched on it already tonight um but when it when it does it's always so powerful um, to see that the the power of love can overcome spells and possession and brainwashing and so many other things. And that's why I love the theme of love in this show. And it, it once again continues with that theme. So, yeah, that's why I liked that episode. Meg? Uh, yeah, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that you are not alone in being... Uh, feeling vindicated by Dean saying that Sam should have been on that funeral pyre. Uh, I, we talked, I talked about, about how Dean's actions in season nine were borderline unforgivable. Sam bullying Cass and Rowena and Charlie into helping him go against Dean's wishes um, was awful as well. I mean, I know that they all eventually became a part of it, but none of them really wanted to um, until Sam basically relentlessly made them. 
Um, so I was not mad at Dean for saying that to Sam. I I didn't blame Dean's. Well, that was the prisoner. Actually, that was not the the finale. Um, as far as the finale goes, I thought it was a really good finale. I I don't know. I I love what you talked about, um, Judy, with how love kind of breaks through everything. But I just. I don't know. I, I really like the finale and I'm kind of I'm kind of fading right now, so I'm having a little bit of a hard time articulating <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um like I wrote something down and I don't even recognize my own handwriting with it. So that's fantastic. <laughs> but I I just remember thinking when I watched this finale that um the brothers really need therapy. <laughs> um and They they need therapy that's not given to them by a supernatural creature that they end up killing. Basically. So, I don't know. Uh, Jill, you want to I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I just, I like crash real quick there for a second. (laughs) So I'm going to do a couple jumping jacks here. It's past my bedtime. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the only thing I wanted to say was... Um, you were talking about that you agree with Dean that he said Sam should have been up there and he was very angry about it um, because he went behind his back. But once again, I feel like Dean has a habit of being hypocritical. I didn't say I agreed with Dean. I said I I understood what Dean was saying. Like, I didn't agree with what he was saying. I said I agreed with what he was saying. (laughs) But, But Dean has a habit of being hypocritical. You know, I let an angel into your head and manipulated you to do it, but you manipulated this situation, so you're awful. It's like, you know, it's like you did it too. And I, I feel like Dean doesn't recognize that in himself, that he doesn't recognize that he is doing, also doing the things that he is angry at Sam for doing. And Sam has learned a lot of what he does from Dean. Whether he should, whether he should be learning the opposite, <laughs> the opposite lesson, he still does what Dean does. I think Sam is a hypocrite. I think they're all hypocrites. Honestly, they all are. They all do this, just, and they I all yell all at each other for doing it. Just like um, all of them. Yeah. So I think they all are hypocritical. Um, yeah, but but I was the one who said I I agreed totally with what Dean said to Sam. Honestly, and. This was at a point when I had really started to really not like Sam at all. Um, so I think that's part of it is I just was like, I hate Sam. Yep, I agree. He should be up there. <laughs> um, see, once again, I'm going to get Sam girls just hating me, hating me, hating me. Um, <laughs> Paula. I, um, <clears throat> I, I really did like the finale. Um, I think you touched on it earlier. Jensen should have way more recognition as an actor than he's received because he did such a wonderful job with that episode from the scene in the hotel room to the confrontation with Sam. It was just, it was just amazing to watch. Uh, I, I, I don't really have anything else to add besides that. It was just, 
it was it was a really really amazing scenes to watch with him judy uh, yeah i had almost forgotten the one one more thing to add um the the dean and cast dynamic in that episode where he comes this close and almost kills Cass, but doesn't. Um, and it's yet another example of love overcoming that, you know, brainwash or superpower, supernatural power. Um, and yeah, for us, for us DCL shippers, that was, that was a pretty incredible moment where he was able to overcome that for, even with all that rage and everything else going on, he was able to overcome that um, and not kill Cass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I really liked the finale a lot the first time I saw it. I, I The final moments of it, I loved it the first time I saw it. I, I don't know what it is, but... Um, and I'm talking about the final moments between Dean and Sam. Um there's something about it, and I don't know if it's what Meg was trying to get to um, before, but there, <laughs> there's something about it that I don't like as much anymore. Um, this is gonna sound, this is gonna sound really terrible, but um, the codependency with Sam and Dean is one thing that I really wish had gone far, far away in this show. And while I understand we don't want Sam to die. Or, you know, most people don't want Sam to die. Um, there was a part of me that was like, it actually would be the better thing to kill Sam in this moment. Um, because, and then ship Dean off to some planet. Because of <laughs> the fate of the world and the fact that I think at that point, Dean had kind of gotten to this place where he felt like they did more harm in the world than good. And I think sometimes that's true and for them. And so there was a part of me that thought, ah, we're just going back to that same codependency thing. And I honestly think when Dean killed death, I don't think he even realized he was going to do that. Because you see this look on his face when he does it, um, where he kind of almost seems shocked, like, whoa, I actually broke out of that and I actually killed death? What, what did I just do? Um, and not that he wasn't happy that Sam was still alive. I'm just saying there was this moment of kind of shock there in his face. Um, so I know this will be uh, this would be another reason for people to be upset. But I, I just, I just, I don't know. That's why when I first saw it, I loved it. But there's something when I've watched it since that hasn't sit as well with me. Uh, the rest of the finale I love, but it's just that part for some reason. Um, and then I want to briefly mention in in the prisoner the episode before, right before Dean almost kills Cass, when he kills that younger boy, the younger Stein boy, um, that was one of the most shocking moments to me in this whole entire series because I did not think he would do that. I was like, okay, this is what's going to pull pull him out a little bit, and instead, when he just held held that gun up and said. Yeah, I do. And then shot him point blank. That was just, I remember when I first saw that, I went, oh my God, whoa, he's totally gone. Yeah, that was, that was, that was intense. Um, Jill, did you want to add something? Yeah, that, that scene actually 
when when it was running, I literally said out so out loud to the TV, "Don't do it, don't do it, Dean." <laughs> so it was it was shocking. Um, I felt like it was coming, but I had hoped it wasn't going to come. Yeah, it just really it really threw me. Honestly, I did not think that would happen. I thought they're not going to have him kill this kid who hasn't really done anything yet, and it was just so brutal. It was a brutal murder, so it was just. It was, it was really, also it's also mm-hmm. one of those moments where you knew he's gone. That's not deep. oh yeah, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so now let's move on to season eleven because part of the... can I jump in real quick before yeah you, of course before yeah, you move on mm-hmm. well, the, the, something we haven't talked about that's huge in season ten we got Jody Donna together I think that's a huge pivotal moment for the future of the show, that those two awesome characters paired up and mm-hmm. became friends. And that happened in season 11. So I just want to bring up that that, I think that was a very important moment to take these two strong, smart women and put them together. Yeah, totally, totally. And I will say part of the reason it wasn't on the outline was uh, when we covered Dab, we're going to talk about the whole thing. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad. That, yeah, because that episode in season 10, um, I, I just recently rewatched, I've been binging so much Supernatural that it kind of blends in, but I was watching that one the other day and I, I really love that episode. And it's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. 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 Cause I love those two together. Um, they work so well together and they have a great chemistry and that episode also fed my Dean Donna shipper heart too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that too, but yeah, I, I, I really love those two together. That's, that's a great, great episode yeah so thanks for mentioning it okay so season 10 ends with dean having the mark removed and because of that since the mark was like a lock on the darkness um the darkness is released and that's how season 11 starts so i want to get everybody's thoughts on the darkness slash amara what are your thoughts on the darkness jill um i wasn't sure what i thought about it at the beginning um you know, because I, I, I'm not sure I was clear at the beginning what the darkness even was. Um, you know, in that opening scene where it's, Dean is with her in the smoke uh, and they have this connection, I, I, I think it took me a while to kind of figure out what what she was. Um, I thought it was a, a good storyline. The idea that God has a sister and she's the opposite, that they're the balance Um, I don't know if that's something in like an actual belief or if that's something supernatural made up. I've never heard it. Um, but I, but I like the concept. It makes sense to me that there's good and light and there's a balance. Um, it's, it's set up a a lot of good storylines, um, in this season. Um, and Amara all of a sudden becoming a baby. And then growing up was kind of an interesting way to portray it instead of her just being here as a big bad kind of went back to a little bit to Lilith popping in in kids at the beginning. Um, Her feeding off souls to get power was interesting. Um, I loved I loved her dynamic with Crowley that Crowley actually believed he was going to control her. And it was almost like with with Demon Dean. 
he seemed to think he was going to be able to control Demon Dean, and he learned very quickly he could not. Uh, the same thing happened with Amara, that he um, he quickly became um, very clear that he was no longer in control. <laughs> um, I loved the character. I, I think I liked every everyone who portrayed her from the kids up. I think they picked very good actresses all the way along the line. Uh, I like the storyline. I did also like her connection with Dean that I don't think Dean ever truly understood. Judy. Well, I'm with Dean. I didn't understand it either. <laughs> um, yeah, I was kind of meh about Amara. Um, I like her now, <laughs> you know, it, it, the way, way she, you know, discovered her own sort of path after this season. But I, I was just not a big fan of her during this season. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it ended up bringing back the return of Lucifer, who I was kind of over. Um, but it did bring back the return of God and Chuck, which led to some fantastic stuff. So, I, I mean, I guess we got some good stuff out of it, but it was definitely not my favorite uh, season or Big Bad. Meg? Uh, yeah, I have some mixed, I have mixed feelings about Amara. I, the concept of the darkness and things like that, I thought was really interesting. Um, looking back on it, I like it a bit more. I, one of the things I really hated about it, though, was the sexualization of Amara. And especially her connection with Dean, which I felt was icky. Not because, but we see her as a child and Dean sees her as a child um, and it's like five episodes and then there's like this weird connection that it just, it, I did not like it. I didn't think that, I think you could have had a connection without that weird um, aspect to it, especially because she was a child uh, for a really long time. Um, as far as the story of the darkness goes, um, and that is like a big bat, I thought that was very interesting. Um, I think Emily Swallow did a great job as Amara. So like none of my weirdness has anything to do with her. I think she did a, a wonderful job. Um, and I think it brought one of my favorite finales to fruition. It brought um, Cassifer to the world, which I will forever be grateful for. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, I have a lot of really, I've, I've gone back and forth with myself and I've been very conflicted about Amara since season 11 aired. So Paula. Amara was an interesting character um, just because I'm not sure how to put it. She, yes, she was the big bad of the season, but there was moments when it almost seems like she wasn't necessarily trying to be evil, like especially when she was taking the souls because she was taking those souls and saying that they were in a, you know, becoming like one with her or whatever and, and being at peace. So that didn't seem necessarily 
an evil thing on her part. Um, yeah, it was. Other than that, I I, I kind of have mixed feelings too. Um, the the whole Casper thing, I mean, did lead to some really really interesting episodes with that. It was kind of not super excited about Lucifer coming back as we'd already dealt with that, you know, several seasons ago by that point. It almost seems like that they were, you know, bringing, you know, too many bad characters back, you know, too many villains back. And that wasn't really necessarily something that, that we needed. And, and, um, but overall I thought, you know, the, the season was, was, was pretty well done. Um, I don't really have much more to add to that. Okay. Meg, you wanted to say something? Just wanted to say, I completely agree with uh, Paul and Judy as far as Lucifer coming back. Is Every time Lucifer comes back, I get more and more annoyed that Lucifer is back because it's a tired, used up storyline um, my only excitement is because it's Cassifer, and I thought Misha Collins had so much fun just being this this character, and I had so much fun watching Misha as Cassifer. Um, after Misha was done playing Cassifer, I would happily never see Lucifer again. Um, and honestly, from season five until Misha played Lucifer, I would happily never see Lucifer. <laughs> like, I, I, I hate that character so much. But I just, like I said, I just love cast fur. <laughs> um, this is when Aaron is going to start going against a lot of the majority of what people think about the rest of these seasons, I think, um, and some storylines. I loved Amara and the Darkness. Um, my only issue with it is that it got sidelined because of stupid flippin' Lucifer. And I apologize, don't hate me, Meg, but I didn't like Cassifer. I know you guys are going to hate me, but I didn't I didn't like Cassifer. Um, on, on your bed, wed, behead, when you had him on there, I, I beheaded him. Um, <laughs> or I, I, I think I beheaded him. I'm sorry, but um, I was I, horny I, and I was there first. <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> I just I thought it was just like a Lucifer's a petulant little baby, which I know he is, but it just turned into this thing where he's locked in playing rock music. I don't know. It just it just annoyed the crap out of me. And plus it sidelined a really interesting female character that they didn't explore enough, especially once Emily Swallow came on board. Um, I I understood being creeped out by the connection. I understood that. It didn't it didn't bother me as much as it bothered everybody else. Um so I, I'm I'm totally different about this one where I think mid season eleven is when I stopped liking Supernatural. Is really what it comes down to, um, or liking it as much. And then my love for it just kept going downhill and downhill and downhill. I mean, I love the show, but my love for the new seasons and the storylines. And the reason that was is because of the fact that they had this really interesting storyline in my mind. 
and they totally sidelined it for stupid Lucifer. And they do that all the time in this show. And from this season on, they continued and continued and continued to do that. And it just was like beating it's it's just beating a dead horse. It's just so stupid, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's so I I loved Amara. Um and when we got to see some first spoilers in the latest season, I was like, see, you can even see how much wasted potential there was. There was so much wasted potential with her. And it just pisses me off to this day because it was so interesting. And watching her, um, and we'll talk about the season finale here shortly, but watching her in some of those scenes in the season finale of season 11 um, were so good and so interesting and and beautiful and she was constantly struggling with the fact that she had been so betrayed by her brother that she adored her brother more than anything and what he did to her um and later on i think once chuck becomes more of a villain you can totally understand why she'd be so pissed at him he's a dick and you know she she just was confused and didn't understand this world and didn't understand what was going on and that's why I just I just really love loved 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 Mara and I love love Emily Swallow Judy they didn't delve enough and I didn't understand her motivation or what was going on with her in season 11 but then this later you know uh, how they ended her story also pissed me off (laughs) like she got absorbed into a man ah (laughs) that was just my god supernatural why um but uh yeah the 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 bringing back lucifer again and again and again has just gotten so old and even even you know i hate to jump way ahead to you know what to to the dab seasons but even bringing him completely uselessly into one of the two last episodes and not one of our three leads that had been there for 12 years and was a fan favorite is unforgivable. Yeah. And, and Jill, um, I have to agree on the bringing him back and bringing him back. Um, I happen to love Lucifer. I thought he was a great character. Um, I loved Mark's portrayal of him. Um, so I was so on board with Lucifer being around and even me by the end, I was like, oh, again, it's like, okay, we we're done with that storyline. Let's let's move on. And I, it happened for me, probably around the time that we we killed him, and then Nick was still around, and the Nick storyline I thought was useless. Um, it had it served no purpose. And um, by that point, I was like, oh, enough. It's it's run its course. Let it go. So yeah. It, even people who I can imagine if you if you started out not liking him, how miserable you were. But even somebody who started out loving the character got tired of him by the end. Well overplayed. Yeah, that really tells you that it was that was overplayed. Um, Meg. No. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, no, I see. I think that when they when we saw him torturing Sam mentally way, way back in the time i think that was probably the last time that i was like okay this character has a point (laughs) like because he wasn't actually back but consistently bringing lucifer back when he's just not that interesting of a character he's 
he's just not to me. He's very one note. Um, similar to my frustration with Metatron, he's generally just very whiny and and petulant, and I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I don't like Supernatural's portrayal of Lucifer. I much prefer Lucifer's portrayal of Lucifer. If I'm being if I'm being honest, because um, he's that character is so much more than what Supernatural has kind of let that character be. Um, but like I, I don't know. The only reason I like Casper is because it's Misha Collins, <laughs> and that's my thirst. Um, and I know this is jumping ahead a lot, though. The only other reason I could, I, the only other point of having Lucifer ever come back was Jack. And I know Aaron hates Jack, and we'll talk about that in the dab episode. <laughs> Um, but other than that, there's literally has been no point in that character coming back any time. Like, really, we had to make we had to make Rick Springfield come to our show for this nonsense. And then, I love Rick Springfield, though. <laughs> I know I love him too. And no. I love his portrayal of Lucifer. Right, and too. then we we. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. It was like, we were like, okay, now, what can we do with Lucifer? Let's put him in a Republican president and knock up an intern. Like, I, I'm, t- I'm, I'm tired of Lucifer. <laughs> like, basically what I think, right, so you're saying, I mean, we wasted Rick Springfield. We could have brought him back yes. to do something better. Yes, Rick Springfield deserved better. <laughs> we deserved better. Um, the world deserved better. <laughs> All I needed was the 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 lip biting of Cassifer and sitting on that dude's lap. Um, that's all I need. <laughs> and he can tell me that I can call him God, and that's it. I'm good. <laughs> You're funny. Yes, Misha was very entertaining as Lucifer, if nothing else. <laughs> that's one word for it. Yes entertaining <laughs> I, I personally love any time that misha does some kind of weird accent i'm in i'm on board and they're so bad oh, i think I that's love why it. we love I them love the, the the empty so i love the empty so much so that awful. accent is the weirdest thing and i i love it to death uh... He makes, he makes the most interesting and fun choices, regardless of how I feel about the result of those choices. Why do I love that man so much? <laughs> I love it so much. I just love that. that so Misha talked to Mark Pellegrino about Lucifer. And Mark told him that he really kind of played Lucifer as either wanting to fuck everything or kill everything. And Misha was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with wanting to fuck everything. That's it. Like, and that was it. He's like, yeah, maybe I'll kill him too. But I really just want to bone everyone. And I have to throw it here. Uh, I hated seeing Rowena die. Rowena die that one time. But I really liked watching Cassifer snap her neck because I was like, okay, you can do that to me. I'm fine. <laughs> Not Lucifer, but before we before we move on from the early part of the season, I just have to throw in some love for Brother Crowley. The fact that Crowley is going around pretending to be a priest, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. 
The fact they walk in and hear their their previous hunter who's faking being a priest is Crowley. Just I loved it. And that episode gave me my one of my favorite Crowley lines, which is, um, I am not your bloody sidekick. <laughs> love that episode. Love Brother Crowley. I wish we could have seen more of Brother Crowley, actually. Wasn't that also the one where he said, I've been Winchestered? I loved that line. <laughs> Yeah, well, and before we move on, we'll, we'll quickly, because I didn't put this on here, because I, I have a feeling we have some time to actually cover this really quickly, and I usually don't put episodes on here with these ones, because we're going to discuss that later, but let's talk about Baby really quickly, the episode Baby, just because, <laughs> um, just because I think it's it's one of the best episodes they've ever done, Um, so what are your general thoughts on Baby, Jill? Uh, I, I agree, one of the best episodes they've ever done. Uh, the creativity on it to to not leave that car every shot is in the car and to work work their story around that limited view was amazing I love the scenes of the boys sleeping in the car because you know we always saw them sleeping in hotels and things but you know they slept in that car a lot the fact that those two six foot plus guys could sleep in that car is amazing <laughs> It's a good thing they weren't driving around in a Pinto. Um, it's it's just beautiful. It's just beautifully filmed. Um, I love just, just the creativity of how to tell that story from the viewpoint of the car is amazing. And, and, and Dean using Baby to like cut the guy's head off, <laughs> like smashing his head in the door. That's not a side of baby we ever saw before she was transportation to and from we never saw them using her as a tool um to fight demons really or fight monsters really uh, it's there's nothing bad to say about that episode it is just beautiful and brilliant from beginning to end and i'm so glad that having a show run this long gave them the opportunity to stretch and do things that you would never do on any other show i can't imagine any other series doing a show from the viewpoint of the car it's just so creative and brilliantly done there's nothing bad to say about that episode yeah judy agree i it was just brilliant and um speaking of the point of view of of baby i know i mentioned this on on the the last one we talked about but I actually wrote a, a, a fic about Baby and how um, she actually has a spirit uh, of her own. And, and some objects that are loved um, so much can almost develop this, this spirit of their own. And eventually that spirit can... And, turn into like lesser gods and whatnot like that Cass explains it in 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 this fic um but I just I love the idea that she is somehow more than just a, a vehicle um and yeah I, I just love that aspect of it so even though you know season 11 I, I, like I said before it wasn't my favorite but we got a lot of really great episodes out of it um, again, thank you, Robbie Thompson, for being one of the best writers we've ever had on the show. He gave us Baby. He gave us 
Don't Call Me Shirley. Uh, I think there were a couple others, but I mean, that, that same season, we got Just Your Imagination, which was incredible. Um, we got to see Dean be adorably bisexual and flirty and be on the mat. <laughs> I will never be over that. We got Hunter Husbands and the Chitters. I'm just, yeah. So overall, I didn't really like the big bad of the season, but I loved the individual episodes of that season. And Baby was the penultimate. Meg? Uh, Yeah, Baby was exquisite. It was a beautiful episode. It was the kind of homage that um, Baby deserved. Um, probably one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of the series is that scene where Dean is talking to Cass on the phone and baby and Cass is on the speaker trying to talk to him and, and Dean's fighting the, the ghoul pyre as he, as he decides to call it. Um, and just the technical aspect of that choreography and the comedic aspect of watching these like pratfalls which should be kind they could be ridiculous he slips in the blood and falls down and and you know he keeps trying to kill this monster and the monster just will not die in the scene with the head on his windshield <laughs> and he's and it starts to like growl at him and he just turns the windshield wipers on it's 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 beautiful it's a it's a wonderful episode um I think if I never watched this show through again, I would always come back to baby. It's just, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's hits all the right notes. Um, and it's just, like I said, technically it's a Marvel in that. And I love that we see parts of the boys that we don't normally get to see them singing in the car, them teasing each other and kind of, and seeing how that all goes. And I just, I loved it. Paula. Some of my favorite episodes that they do are the ones that kind of break the mold um, and, and break the formula of how they normally film. And this is just kind of the pinnacle of them doing that. You know, they've always talked about baby being another character on the show and they really, really let that shine through with this episode and it was it was just it was beautifully shot there were some just really funny moments with with like you said with dean and the the ghoul pyre and just and the like you said the creativity of of how they shot that was just so wonderfully done and there's I, there's not enough good things you can say about that episode yeah ditto everything everyone has said um you know, when when the concept, when you first heard that this episode episode was coming, I know some people in the fandom were a little bit hesitant. Like, are they going to give her a voice? Are they going to do, you know, that kind of thing? Um, and they did in a way. I mean, you didn't hear her speaking, of course, but they did in a way. The way it was shot, but it was filmed, you could feel like Baby was alive and living thing, um, which was so brilliant. And it was done in a way that was real that was realistic i mean i know the show's not realistic but it was realistic to me um it didn't feel cheesy ever it didn't feel um like fan service really it didn't feel manipulative cheap anything like that i think this is one of the few episodes 
that I believe the entire fandom can agree is excellent. And that's so rare. And I think this is one of the few episodes because it was really like a present to the fandom. Um, because even fan fiction, there are a lot of people that don't like that episode. So this was this was the real present to the fandom, I think. I think that was meant to be, but I think this was the actual present. Um, it's my favorite episode of the whole season. Um, it's It's just everything from beginning to end is perfect. There's not a single scene in there that I would cut. There's not a single scene that is bad. Um, I love when they're lying there and they're talking about dreams and Dean's talking about a dream that he had and um you know when they were about when they were kids and and it's just it's just such a beautiful beautiful episode plus it gave us all those pics of Jensen Ackles and short shorts I mean <laughs> from cleaning the cars so hello how can you not love that yeah it's 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 perfect episode Judy you know like when my sisters and I are together we have fun. We have a history. We have inside jokes. We have, um, you know, all these stories of us growing up that we come back to and laugh about. And like I said, all these little inside jokes. And other than bitch and jerk, I feel like we're, we, we lack a lot of that from Sam and Dean. Um, we get the dramatic you know, oh my God, my brother's dying and I have to sacrifice myself for him kind of love. But we don't get just that fun brotherly affection. And I, I feel like that is lacking a lot. And we finally got to see a little bit of it in this episode where they were singing night moves together and teasing each other. And I, I just loved that aspect of it because I feel like that's such an important part of a sibling bond. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, well, I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that because it just popped in my head that I'm like, I can't believe I left that out there. And also, I'm sure Sasha would have been upset if we didn't mention it since that's her favorite character in the whole show. Um, so let's move on. I want to combine these two. Um, in season 11, we find out it's – I mean, we all pretty much thought it anyway since the end of season five, but it's confirmed that Chuck is God. And Amara, of course, is God's sister. And so this leads to the finale with Chuck working with them and then Dean and ending up having that soul bomb in him. And, you know, we think Dean's going off to die. Um, and then, of course, what happens in the finale um, at the very end, too. So I just want to get overall thoughts on Chuck being revealed as God and then the finale. Jill. Um, don't call me Shirley. You know, not the finale, but don't call me Shirley is might just be my favorite episode of the series. Um, it's definitely in the top three. Um, Baby's right up there as well. Uh, and I, I'm i surprised by that because it's not very... Sam and Dean aren't in it very much. So I'm surprised that a show that I love so much because of Sam and Dean, one of my, my favorite episodes, they're not in it much. Um, that story is fantastic. God, Chuck became God in that episode. You know, even though we kind of knew he was God, or we speculated he was God, he never felt like God. He always felt like Chuck. Um, and you can imagine God was a squirrely little guy, nervous guy. <laughs> but in that episode, Rob made him God. We saw moments where he was scary. 
the, the moment where he tells where he tells uh, Metatron that he is not a coward. His face during that scene is so strong and it's so I am God. Watch your step. <laughs> I, I'm in charge. It, it's so well written and and it it made that character God for me. It, it, it led us into this finale where I'm, I'm believing that he is all powerful and he is God. Um, I also love the idea that God's writing a book, writing an autobiography and he's and he's not doing a good job at it. <laughs> that he's that he's uh, you know, I would love to read that book. Would you love to read that book about why you don't answer prayers or whatever that chapter is? Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the the ending. Um, the, the finale um, where Amara and Chuck finally come together and find their synergy and um, and then we get Mary back, which was something I was not expecting. Um, the whole build up to the bomb, um, I never really bought into the Dean was going to blow himself up. I never thought it was going to happen. So that didn't feel like there were high stakes there. Um, but I did like the way they ended it and how they, how they put it together. Um, Sam and Dean being apart, very far apart during that. And then Sam not knowing that Mary's around. Um, it was kind of interesting for me as well, that, that, that we're, we're going into the next season with them separate and, and in kind of different places, um, mentally and physically, um, so I thought it was I thought it was a good ending. It was interesting, but I I think Don't Call Me Shirley stood out more for me than the finale. Judy. A hundred percent agree with Don't Call Me Shirley. It is a masterpiece and one of my favorite, probably top three um episodes of the entire eh, maybe five. <laughs> but episodes of the entire run of the show it is just brilliant in so many ways um like you said rob embodied god and just turned him into this frightening really you know you you could see how he has this god ego and this author ego and and we are just all his playthings and um wow it 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 really set him up to be is he bad is he good is he neutral like we we just don't know and it 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 really was just just brilliant i I just love that episode so much um and into the next episode where he sits down and has that conversation with sam and dean where dean gets tearful about you know my god why have why have you let us and not just us humanity suffer the way that you have all this time which is so profound because it's the question that we all ask over and over again in our lives i mean every human has asked that question you know if there is a god why does he let us suffer or she or whatever but uh so it's just so profound and so so beautiful um the return of chuck as as god just incredible however it also led to for me one of the most 
Yeah, maybe beyond, maybe just after Charlie, one of the most infuriating things um, that this show has done. They bring back Chuck as God, and Cass is in the episode with Chuck, and he literally completely ignores him. Um, Cass was the angel that kept faith in Chuck when all the other angels didn't. He searched the world for months and months trying to find God because he believed so firmly that the angels were doing the wrong thing and that God would help. He was his most, you know, loyal, always, always believing in his father and was heartbroken by the fact that he wasn't helped and was just left out there by his father. And then when his father returned, he didn't so much as make eye contact with him. And I'm, I will forever be furious that, that, you know, that they focused Chuck's attention on Lucifer and never so much as acknowledged Cass's presence. Bitter Cass girl. (laughs) (laughs) Meg. Um, yeah. So I thought don't call me Shirley was beautiful. I loved the idea. It's kind of the thought that this was something that fandom kind of manifested within the show, because I don't know that it was ever really the actual, the writer's intentions for Chuck to literally become God. I know Kripke said that Chuck was kind of, um, a a personification of of Kripke himself, but that was never something that was supposed to be like an actual part of canon in the show. It was more of a metaphorical thing that Kripke was talking about, and the fandom just really kind of went for it, and it, and it did kind of feel like we manifested Chuck as as God, and I thought that was wonderful. Um, the the end of "Don't Call Me Shirley" with Rob Benedict singing "Fare Thee Well." And Dean and Sam seeing that Chuck is God um, is one of my favorite scenes of the series. It was just beautifully done. It was such a wonderful cover of Fare Thee Well. Um, and I, I recently watched it because I was kind of doing some selective binging before the, the series finale last night. And it was so not jarring so much, but it was really it was really kind of hard for me to see. Um, Don't call me Shirley, and to see this version of Chuck, knowing kind of where that goes, and not because I didn't think it was a good storyline or anything like that, but it was just kind of devastating to me personally to watch this character that I have loved since season five, kind of shit the bed basically um and it and it was it made me really it made me sad and i love the the conversation dean had with with chuck and i think he really earned that conversation with god um and jensen is again phenomenal like i i i don't know if there's anything that he can't do um as far as the finale goes this was one of my favorite finales because 
rather than solving their problems using violence and and trying to and sacrificing themselves and all that things he's talking did it like communication saved everybody (laughs) and it was like obviously that can't be something that they do all the time because then there would be no show and like i always joke that if if dean and sam and Cass were good communicators the show never would have happened um but i really i really liked that that with this finale that first off dean being willing to sacrifice himself wasn't some I hate myself suicidal ideation thing that he was doing. Most of the times when he's willing to sacrifice himself, he's running towards it because he frankly just kind of wants to be dead. Like, because then it's over because then all of his pain, everything he's gone through is over. Um, I didn't get that feeling from this. This was something where he, he didn't want to die. But he also knew that this was something that needed to be done and it was for the greater good. And he was at peace with that. And I love that when he talked to, when he talked to everyone about what, how he wanted his funeral um, and he wouldn't let Cass go with him. And he admitted to loving chick flicks. Like it, it felt so different than any other time that we kind of see Dean throw himself headlong into sacrificing himself and he got rewarded for that so much by not having to sacrifice himself, by being able to communicate and, and help these two deities work through their problems. And then he got his mom back, which I know how it, that turns out for a lot of people have a lot of issues with that. But I just love that that his change in attitude towards his own death and his own life uh, was so richly rewarded in, in that season finale. And I know it's not like a lot of people's favorites, but it's one of my absolute favorites because of that, because I thought it was so good for Dean Um, and he really deserved that. So. Paula. I think it's one of the best finales we had for a lot of the reasons why you said and I I also liked the scene with Amara before Dean shows up that, she, you know, she's sitting there talking to that lady and she's still trying to understand humanity. And then Dean comes along and I think that that really helped her with that conversation with Dean. And we, we did get a more peaceful resolution. Um, as, as far as uh, Chuck being revealed as God, I mean, we all knew we all knew it even even if they hadn't said it yet we knew it that that was the case but rob really sold it and really made you believe it and it was just so it was it was a wonderfully done episode i i can't say you know enough good things about that episode either it was just so beautifully done wonderfully written everything about it was good i loved it i hated don't call me Shirley. just kidding <laughs> I was like, since I'm disagreeing with a lot of stuff from here on, I just wanted to throw that in. No, I loved that episode. And one thing I really loved about that episode was um, it was like a play. It was really like watching a play, watching um, Rob and um, Curtis playing off of each other. They were so good in that episode. I just, oh my gosh, I loved watching them. 
Um, and that's, that's what appealed to me about that and about their scenes. And it, and I also loved um, the scenes with Sam and Dean in that same episode, because I, you know, even though at the same time, it kind of made me sad because I was like, see, we could have had this through the whole season, people being infected with this, and this would have been so much more interesting. But I was glad that we got some of that. And I just, I thought it was just such a well-written, well-directed, the performances were so good. Um, And I like that we finally got that confirmation of what we as fans had always wanted and known. And as you said, Meg manifested. So it just, it was, it was, it was just, yeah. Yeah. And before I move on to the finale, Meg, did you want, were you wanting to add something there? I just forgot to mention, I thought it was so cool that they made God bisexual. I thought that was amazing. And I, and I forgot to, to say it when I was talking. So that's all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that was, that was really awesome. Um, the finale was an interesting one for me because when I first watched the finale, I was kind of like, okay, this is kind of ho-hum, but then I've watched it again and I, and I, and I like it. And I always loved the end um, because Dean Winchester's heart saved the world. I mean, and that is so beautiful to me. And I agree, Meg, this was the first time you saw him go off and there wasn't that underlying suicidal ideation there that, that wasn't there. He didn't want to die but he was willing to for the greater good. But in the end, he was able to just show his heart and his love for humanity. And he was able to really show that to Amara because Amara was already so connected to him that I think that kind of even bled in there. And I think Amara knew, you know, right away what he was there to do. But the fact that she listened to him, heard him out and, really took it in. And the fact that he was able to do that was so beautiful because there wasn't a moment of violence in that scene. It was just so peaceful. And it was like, he was almost like their therapist in a way. (laughs) And, um, the fact that she gave him a gift and the fact that it was Mary and not John was perfect to me. I was so thrilled because I was like, Oh, it's going to be John or something. And, it being Mary, uh, I just loved that because, um, you know, I, I have issues with the way it was handled later on, but I really, really loved that. I was like, this is what Dean does need. And he didn't even know that's what he needed, I don't think. Um, and so that that was. So it, it is, it's grown on me as, a, as one of my favorite finales. Because of how quiet it is compared to other finales, how simple it is, how beautiful it is. Um, I would honestly say, I mean, even though it ends on kind of a cliffhanger, this would have been a really, like I've, like I've said since <laughs> the actual series finale, this would have been a great series finale, <laughs> honestly, um, because it ends on a hopeful note. Um And it shows who Dean really is. And it shows who everybody really is. Everybody's really, truly beautiful in this episode. Um, You know, Sam is, Cass is, um, even Chuck is. (laughs) And it's just just a really, really, really unique episode and very different for Supernatural. Um, And so, yeah, I, I really really liked it. And I thought it was a great way for Carver to say goodbye. 
that it was a really perfect way for Carver to say goodbye. Just like I think Gamble said goodbye perfectly, and I think Kripke said goodbye perfectly. Um, yeah. Jill? Um, I was going to say on the subject of Chuck, um, I do love that Chuck, I love Chuck's arc. I love that in this episode, it was so much like, oh, it's he's God. You know, this is wonderful. We know who he is now. He's helping us out. He's on our team. He's shown himself. And that we can now be like, oh, they got to kill God. <laughs> it's like, that's a great story arc. Whether whether you liked every step on the way, to, to take a character from beloved to hated over the course of a, of a few seasons is pretty amazing. Um, it, says a, it says a lot about the writing. It also says a lot about Rob and his ability to play the character. And going back to something we talked about in the Kripke episode, you know, talking about manifesting Chuck as God. Um, I always had this idea that they weren't sure at the beginning that he was going to be God because he's so, that, that first episode with Chuck, you can't even look back and say he's pretending. He's so not God. Um, but then you have that scene at the end of the, of the episode where you kind of get the idea he might be God, that he's completely different. He's, you know, he's wearing white. He's very confident. Um, he's sitting up straight. He's well-kept and he disappears. And you kind of think, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Something's different there. And you think that's the point where the writers went, oh, well, maybe he's God. But I started thinking about it because we had talked about it on the Kripke group uh, era. And I started thinking, was he always God? Did God take him over at that point? Was he Chuck originally? And then God either took him over, took over his vessel, or God got rid of Chuck and took his place? Because who knows if Chuck's vessel was strong enough to <laughs> hold God. But I'm starting to think now he wasn't Chuck in that. He was Chuck in that first episode. By the end, God stepped in and took over his persona. And he was God from that point on. But that was something I didn't even ever think about. I just thought, oh, they didn't know. You know, it, it's just something you have to accept. But I like that I now think I found the path to make that all make sense to me, at least. Yeah. Oh, great. Great, great points there. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up um, this episode. <laughs> Um, and we'll go ahead and have everybody say where they can be found if you want to be found and if you have anything to plug. Jill? Um, I am on Twitter at ZBear2011. Um, you can follow me there. There's no reason for you to. I, <laughs> I, I, I barely use it. <laughs> uh, but you're more than welcome to. Um, if you want to send me a message and tell me how awesome I am, go for it. Um, I always accept that. But... Um, yeah, really. I mean, there's no reason to waste your time there, really, unless you want to tell me I'm awesome. That's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, Judy? Love it. Um, yep, I'm on um, Tumblr as Angels Watching Over, all one word, and also on um, AO3, same, Angels Watching Over, all one word. Wonderful. Thanks. And Paul, I'm sorry, Meg. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's okay. Uh, yeah, so you can you can find my personal Twitter if you want to see me be trash. Um, <laughs> is at Wisconsinac W I S C O N S E N N A C H. 
Um, however, if you want to check out mine and Carla's podcast that we have been doing for the past month or so, um, it's called Bed, Wet, or Behead. And our Twitter handle is Bed, Wed, Behead Pod. We are all over, we're on social, all the social medias, um, in some iteration of Bed, Wed, Behead Pod. Uh, our podcast is basically we invade multiple fandoms. We pick three characters and then we play fuck, Mary kill with them. Um, and they're always surprising episodes. <laughs> um, we people, Aaron always gets mad at us. <laughs> Aaron always gets very annoyed with our choices. Um, and you're not the only one, Aaron. We've had, we've been yelled at before both on the show and on Twitter because of it. Um, but it's a it's it's a lot of fun. It's they're little like twenty to forty minute episodes. Somehow Carl and I managed to keep it down to under an hour, which is amazing and baffling to me. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot different than than fandom thing because we're usually drunk by the end of the episode, <laughs> and we're much less organized than Aaron is. But we have a lot of fun. So, yeah, you can find us again at Bed, Wed, Behead Pod. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good podcast. And, yes, I've been furious with them before. <laughs> All in fun. I did even mention that on our – I don't know if you've listened to our Sarah Gamble episode. but <laughs> I, I haven't listened to it yet. I, I Just because I'm not driving anywhere, I don't, I don't get to listen to podcasts as much. But I remember – being really glad that we had you as a guest before releasing <laughs> um our team free will episode because i was like i don't know i was like i was like we have to have all of our friends from supernatural come on the show before any of the supernatural episodes air because they're going to get mad i'm still really mad about it so <laughs> i have still not gotten over uh the team free will episode but I was I was logic bombed and I couldn't I couldn't get away from it. Um but yeah, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have a hard it. decision on bedwetting and beheading team free will. Oh my goodness. It was really hard. It sucked. I hated it so much. <laughs> um but it was and I and I Poor Carla. I hearken back to it every, almost every single episode where when she tries to get me to do something I don't want to do. And I was like, no, you made me do this. <laughs> I'm beheading him, like it or not. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, it's something I will never forgive them for. But <laughs> um, And Paula, do you want to still remain anonymous? Yeah, for now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, wonderful. Well, this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if there's anything that you want to get to us really quickly that you want us to try and cover on one of our supernatural episodes, Feel free to reach out to us via social media or email at itsafandomthingpod at gmail.com. And since Judy did it, <laughs> I'm going to follow her lead again and again give you my AO3 handle, which, you know, like I said, I mainly write 
in Dean's voice from Dean's point of view. Um, but it is C Avery one. That's S E A A V E R Y, and the number one. And next week, or not next week, sorry, tomorrow or a couple days from now, <laughs> you're going to get a lot of episodes this week. Sorry, I'm fading too. Um, we are going to be covering Andrew Dabbs era. So that will be a really interesting one. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of debate on that one. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 